On this week's episode of the Marketing Expedition podcast, I get to speak with Alex Rossman. And you may have seen Alex sharing the stage alongside renowned digital marketers like Gary Vaynerchuk and Ty Lopez, or performing his music alongside the acts like Chainsmokers. Starting his career as a touring musical artist in his early 20s, he quickly learned the skills of PR and social media. Alex, as a well-versed entrepreneur, took his passion for social media and transformed it into an award-winning agency. Since Rossman's media origin is in 2017, Alex and his team have been awarded Best New Social Media Agency of 2020 by Business Insider. And now it's time for the Marketing Essentials Moment, the basics that you need to survive in this marketing journey to help you build your brand and your bottom line. Today's topic is Romy, getting a return on your marketing investment. And this is back to you by popular demand. We looked at all the analytics, and this is definitely a topic people want more of because we want to track what we're doing. We measure what we treasure, dump what we don't, automate what we hate. I love to say that. And it's true. So I want to share a little bit more with you about Romy. And if you're not tracking your marketing efforts, let this be your instigation and motivation to want to get this done. Romy metrics can really, you know, they can be found mathematically, but really the difference here is understanding the adoption of the mindset rather than just strictly looking at the numbers. We want to look at things like sentiment scoring, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how likely would you do this, that or that again, right? Or is it something that you want to stop, start and keep doing? The importance of understanding your numbers, realizing what's working, what's not, and dumping what isn't is very important so that you can continue to maximize your dollars and what you're doing and the efforts that you're spending your time, your talent and your treasure on, right? And no matter what industry you're in, efforts can be made to help streamline this process and get the maximum value possible in what your efforts and the output that you're doing so that you can get that return on those investments, whether it is the time or talent, right? So thinking about the process that's necessary to get that return on your marketing investment. And of course, knowledge is the greatest tool in maximizing Romy. And so thinking about ways you can measure what you treasure, it would be great if we had uh, a GPS system to reach that destination. Uh, but if we don't know what the location is, we can just be going the wrong way the whole time if we don't understand how to get there and what we want to accomplish in doing that. So once we start to establish the metrics that we want to treasure and what our goals are, objectives of what we want to accomplish, whether it's a cause campaign or it's a branding awareness campaign, or maybe it's a call to action that we want people to act on. Uh, maybe we're doing different iterations to see and track which calls to action are getting more traction than the other, right? And thinking about the plan of how we're going to put this strategy and tactic in place in order to help you understand if it's working or not. And, and of course, time will tell. You can't have uh, marketing as a, as a sprint. It's a marathon, right? You got to continue to review, evaluate, iterate, and then improve the plan and repeat the process over and over again. And understanding that really uh, just looking at this and, and unpacking what it is that you're doing and how you can establish the different metrics that you would use, establish a routine, understand the steps that you need to follow, how often you want to follow them, when the data is important and when it's not quite there yet, uh, knowing what your analytics can tell you, what the conversion rates are. Uh, and then, of course, you can use a, a place called KPI Library. KPILibrary.com has all kinds of different ideas of ways to track what you're doing. 
And then understanding the customer acquisition cost, how much it's costing you to acquire those customers. And of course, if you're acquiring more customers and it's costing you less to acquire those customers over time, then you know you're doing some things right. But opposite, if you are spending more and not getting as many clients or the right type of clients, then you're, you need to figure out what to tweak and, and decide what you need to do to make that better so that you can continue to, to improve your marketing efforts over time. And then, of course, there's all kinds of different metrics to look at and things to think about how you can use those rudimentary ways and the factual ways and the mathematic ways. And then, of course, that sentiment scoring that we were talking about. For some examples, right, if you use a vanity URL, um, you know, a, a URL that's a landing page that's specific to the campaign that you're running, if you're driving traffic to that specific page and then you can track where people are navigating, how they're getting there, and are you converting them? Are they converting into leads? Are they buying from that? page? Are they doing something that you want them to do on that landing page? And think about the different ways that you can uh, attract people to that landing page and then tracking all of those things. Using promo codes, right? Specific promo codes for different different promos that you're putting out there. And then using contact forms, people can easily fill in their information and then it becomes first party data rather than third party data. And we know now we need first party data more than ever uh, with all the rules and things that we're supposed to be following as marketers, right? And then experimenting and tracking and using tools that are out there to help you track and understanding which of those tools are going to be useful to you. And then, of course, understanding of what you can take in the digital form if you're able to track something. And then the messaging that you've uncovered and discovered is really what working well. Maybe it's a picture that you're using, the font size that you're using, it's the, the types of words that you're using. Then you can apply that knowledge, that insight that you've used for the target audience that you're going after, and then apply it into something that's a little bit more hard to track, like a billboard, for example, or outdoor advertising, where it's a one-way communication street and you're not getting returns back on understanding what's working. Test it out in the things that you can test and analyze first, then take it and make it into something that you aren't as able to track as much. So there are ways, though, to track the outdoor advertising. Using QR codes has become more and more prominent, especially when uh, the pandemic hit and we were doing paperless menus at restaurants. Now more people are using QR codes. And you can use that to your advantage, again, driving people to a landing page and seeing what they're using to get there and how they're getting there and what kind of devices they're using, right? We know now that more and more people have mobile devices and they're using their smartphones or connected TVs or connected cars or any of those types of things that they're getting to you and using voice search more and more now. So these are things that you can look at. And of course, there's a lot more to cover. And I always encourage people to check out the second Thursday Marketing Expedition webinars. They're free. You can go to peppershock.com slash events and find out what uh, upcoming webinars we have. And then, of course, the Marketing Expedition community. Uh, we have all kinds of resources if you become a member of that. So go to the marketingexpedition.com and become a member. Use month one as a promo code and you can get the first month free on me. Month one, the number one, and use that promo code, the marketingexpedition.com. And you can watch an entire webinar all about Romy. <laughs> it's uh, it's on the website. So again, themarketingexpedition.com, month one is your promo code. Now let's get into the interview with Alex. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast 
an auditory journey through the latest in marketing, branding, and advertising. Now, here's your marketing expedition guide, Ray Allen. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen. I'm the president and CEO of Peppershock Media and the founder of the Marketing Expedition Community. And today I'm excited to have Alex Rossman on the show. Welcome, Alex. Thank you for having me, Ray. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So Alex, just share with our audience um, a little bit more about you and the, the agency that you have and what you do out of Portland. You bet. Absolutely. So we are actually a global creative and media agency. We we specialize in social media, uh, typically for consumer brands. So that's the the big enterprise level brands like the Airbnbs and Saks Fifth Avenues, down to uh, growth companies who are really looking at expanding into social media. So that's our bread and butter. I love it. And one area you and your agency have really focused on is TikTok, right? That's a big one, big big one. Yes, seen a lot of uh, a lot of companies really move their budget over to TikTok from channels like Facebook and others, because honestly, there's a lot of demand on TikTok right now. It's a, it's a big popular platform with an audience that is ever expanding. It started with really a very Gen Z focused audience to now, you know, my grandma's on it. It's like, it's a very, <laughs> uh, very diverse platform now. And I think, uh, you know, probably because it's a very entertaining platform. You're not there to sell anything. You're there to entertain first. And then if sales come from it or leads come from it, that's the added benefit. So looking at kind of a shift in terms of how social media is used to create communities. And I thought I was doing good to get my grandma on Facebook. You know, she's my biggest fan on Facebook. She likes and comments on everything and I love it. But TikTok and your grandma on TikTok, that's awesome. I think that it is an expanding audience. So from a business perspective, because advertising on TikTok is, is different than other social media platforms, let's talk a little bit about how a business could potentially use TikTok as a means to, you know, build that brand awareness and get their message out. You know, how, how give me an example of like, what could a business do on TikTok? Yeah. So I get that question a lot, right? So like even, you know, a sexy brand like a Saks Fifth Avenue versus a, you know, B2B company who may not have a product or service that they feel is will resonate with that audience is actually the wrong way to look at it, right? Because there truly is um, a place for pretty much everything on TikTok, right? We even have a saying for uh, EduTalk, which is like educational TikTok. Like people are going onto that platform uh, to look for resources, to look for information, to look for brands that they can actually believe in and get behind. And so we advocate for any business out there. I don't care if you're a small mom to pop, you know, local shop to an enterprise level brand, you should be looking at ways to be on TikTok. And it's not your typical you know, here's my service presentation, here's my product. It's more so look at what other people are doing, what are trends on the platform, and then going off of that, piggybacking off of what the community is talking about and spinning it to match your own brand. And that's a really effective way, not only to build your brand awareness, but to stay relevant and ultimately transitions into customers. So I I definitely advocate for really any industry out there to consider TikTok as a very viable social media platform. So let's talk about the structure of how you pay to be on TikTok if you're a business. I I know that that's something that's not 
it wasn't like that when you very first started, but they've evolved, right? Yeah. So, I mean, TikTok now is a platform where people also want to be entertained. So, you know, you look at the type of content that resonates most, it's usually bite-sized videos that are seven seconds, even sometimes shorter, that are going off of a trend. So if you're a business and you're trying to figure out what is the next piece of content that I should post, first thing you should do is just go to this the discovery page of TikTok, identify what other brands are doing in your similar industry, and start kind of tailoring your content to fit that, that desired audience. And, and what you'll notice pretty quickly is TikTok's algorithm favors when a brand creates content that's already trending out there, right? So if you're going off of a trending audio or a trending hashtag, that's a great way to kind of be a part of that bigger conversation and also to entertain, right? I mean, I think if you can grab people within the first couple seconds, you know, they start to get interested. They start to not, not only just watch that video, but now go to other videos and then click through to your website, see what you're all about. And, you know, I always say this on other podcasts that I'm on, you know, my wife has a friend who launched a product business, had a prototype from start to finish, and she sold out on TikTok within the first 24 hours because she was adapting to that platform, created content that she knew that people wanted to see. And so she started bringing in a larger audience. And, you know, what's even more funny about it is you sometimes think you appeal to a specific audience or that your brand or business appeals to a specific audience, but then you realize there's more audiences than you think that are actually resonating with your, your content. And so, you know, for this particular uh, instance, she sells like a makeup bag that opens and closes and can be taken on the go. And it's very, you know, reliable. And so she thought, Oh, it would appeal to beauty bloggers and people that are into mm-hmm. that that style of, uh, you know, content. And what she found out is she was appealing to like gamers who wanted to put their, you know, remotes and, you know, equipment in. And so she had kind of discovered other, you know, demographics that fit her audience, which I think is very, um, very much the TikTok way, which is just everybody's on there. I love when unintended consequences are, are positive, right? I mean, that's great. <laughs> now she has a whole nother market to go after. That's great. That's the fun, the fun part. It's also experimental. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, okay, let's just walk somebody through who maybe is has not yet got on TikTok. What is the first thing that they need to do and how would you maybe give them suggestions on what to do uh, when they're on TikTok? Yeah, so let's let's look at it from a business perspective. I think that's the, the easiest mm-hmm. way to do it because I think that's also your, your audience would definitely resonate. So First thing you're going to do is create a business account. There's a, a few different options when you're creating an account. There's a personal account, business, and then a creator account. So you're going to want to create a business account, I would assume, for most of your listeners here, Ray. And mm-hmm. when you do that, now you have you know the ability, just like other platforms, Facebook, Instagram, to really drive people to your website. You're going to now have opportunities to, if you're an e-commerce brand, to connect your Shopify store, things like that, tag products. So it gives you some elevated um, accessibility within the app. So start there. And then what I want you to do is start really just engaging with content. Start going through the newsfeed and the For You page. Start going to the discovery page, seeing what's going on in your industry. So if that is, you know, your accounting firm, you know, type in just accounting hacks or things like that and start getting ideas of content 
that you can kind of spin in your own words. So, you know, what I do is I block out about two hours a week. And all I do is I look up other marketing videos mm -hmm. talking about things that are working well for them. And I, I kind of pick the ones that I really like. And I say, you know, I'm going to take this one and put my own spin on it. Am I going to copy it? No, but maybe I'm using the same audio or maybe I'm using the same type of, uh, you know, concept. And then I create a bank of, of really content that you can start posting on a regular basis. I think the biggest thing that you can do, biggest takeaway is be consistent with it. Because I think a lot of people are, hey, I'll post when I have time. Try to time manage to where you can actually book some time to create content and consistently post because TikTok's algorithm is really going to feed off of that. So the more consistent you are, the more you'll grow your following to the right audience and the more engagement you'll get. So that's a great starting point. And I think from there, you know, you start posting three to five times a week, if not more, you'll be in a really good place after 30, 60 days. Excellent. Uh, that's called R&D. Rip off and duplicate. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> find, find ways that you can in, be inspired, right? Get inspiration from Absolutely. others. And then, like you said, put your own spin on it. Get some ideas of what works and what doesn't. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's not, it's not great for all platforms, right? Like Instagram, you should be probably more original, right? Or Facebook, mm -hmm. more original or LinkedIn, maybe talk about things that are, you know, more, you know, uh, personalized your business. But with TikTok, it's it's kind of more focused on adapting and piggybacking off of what's already trending. So it is a bit of a different model. So I think you're exactly right. You definitely don't want to copy, but definitely try to use a lot of those elements that are already pre-existing on the app. And that's a great way to just kind of accelerate your growth pretty quickly. And then you have people's attention and you can start creating the trends. Um, so that's, again, just a, a good starting point. Right. Okay. So let's back up a little bit and talk a little bit more about you and your agency and, and what you accomplished for, for others. So without telling me the year, describe the year you graduated high school. <laughs> without saying the year? Mm -hmm. What was going on then? Oh, man. I, I would say that, um, God, this is a tricky one. I don't know <laughs> why, but um, let's put it this way boy bands were starting to phase out. Oh, good, good. <laughs> so it was kind of like in the, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that really helps at all, but I, I think the guessing game's over. I graduated in 2007 of high school. Oh, there you go. Okay, gotcha. Uh, so, so what happened after you graduated? Tell me your path of to where you got to where you are now. Yeah, so after, uh, that was a great question, by the way. I haven't gotten that. <laughs> you stumped me. Uh, so after high school, I went to University of Arizona in Tucson. So I was uh, originally living in Oregon, wet, cold, rainy Oregon. Yeah. And wanted a little change of scenery, wanted to, you know, kind of get out of, you know, current friend group and just kind of branch out. A lot of my friends in high school were going to go to University of Oregon, Oregon State. And I thought this was an opportunity to really branch out, meet new people, create new connections. And so University of Arizona was complete opposite, right? Went from the, you know, the, the rain yeah. to the desert. Um, really enjoyed it. I remember seeing the campus for the first time. I was like, this is where I'm going. And uh, so happy I did. I mean, met some of my best friends, uh, learned a lot uh, when I did go to class. And, um, <laughs> and when you made uh, it to class, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. And, <laughs> and just, you know, really built great connections through that. So I, I graduated with the 
a comm major and, you know, took some marketing classes here and there as kind of my minor, but it was, uh, you know, a great experience. And then from there, you know, I was really into music, right? So like when I was in college, I was actually doing college tours, doing singer songwriting. Um, I was wow. writing my own music for, you know, major record labels. So it was uh, kind of an interesting time going to school and then also managing my music career, which without really planning on it was taking off kind of in that college circuit. So I was, you know, performing with, uh, you know, big, big name artists like Mac Miller when he was live, um, you know, uh, playing with, you know, other kind of like hip hop artists as well as pop and R&B. So all these different genres, which was kind of fun for me to see you know, that industry in that light, because it was, um, you know, I've always been somebody that's enjoyed and appreciated all kinds of music from, you know, you know, the Bob Marley's and Jimi Hendrix to, you know, uh, new age music that's, you know, even we're finding on TikTok today. So, um, so that was a very fun experience for me. And I actually continued music after college. Um, I had a song that went viral um, when I was living in San Diego. It was a cover to a Chainsmokers song that really blew up. And, uh, and from there, it was, you know, I, I kind of rode that wave for a while, uh, worked also corporate jobs so I could kind of pay my way. And I wanted to find a career path aside from just music and kind of the corporate world that allowed me to be my own boss. I've always been very entrepreneurial minded. So I combined the creative aspect of music um, and combined it really with a lot of the sales and marketing that I got, that experience that I got from the corporate world and created Rossman Media. And so that was when I was actually living in San Diego. And I said, I'm just going to quit my job. I'm going to jump in and just try to make this work. And uh, very first client that I got was in San Diego, San Diego Chargers when they were uh, nice. down in San Diego. So it was just knocking on doors, trying to make connections. And I think I had my had the door slammed in my face one too many times, but it kept me going. And uh, uh, so I just kept reinvesting back into the company from there. Um, that was 2016 and then officially started the company in 2017. And then from there, we went from you know, just a solo entrepreneur to now we have over 80 employees and uh, growing, growing rapidly every year. That is amazing. I love the the story of, you know, your first client and it happened to be the chargers. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. it was, yeah. took a lot of, uh, I would say going back to the door in the face, I think I got, that was where I got the first door closed in my face, but I brought back <laughs> wine the second time. So the, the bottle of wine actually goes a long way. So anybody that's listening to, to this, that, you know, is looking to try to get their foot in the door, sometimes giving something uh, it helps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good story to have as your first client though, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think our first client was a nonprofit who, you know, maybe didn't really pay us, but... <laughs> hey, you know you what? Start somewhere. <laughs> I've had those too, trust me. Yeah. Okay, so next question. What is your favorite resource that you've used or, you know, maybe podcasts or books that you've read or just things that you have uh, picked up that you use or have read or anything like that that you want to share? Yeah, you know, I've been really into kind of, you know, my own industry, right? Trying to see what other people in my industry are doing, um, you know, and so Jason Swank um, has been, a good thought leader in the agency space. You know, he is somebody that built and sold his company, his agency, really same type of scenario from, 
you know, ground zero, which I think most of us are, right? Anybody kind of in this service-based industry, usually starting it at the, the ground zero and, and really building it back up. And so his story is pretty inspirational and he really just is a resource for other agency owners. He's created his own kind of mastermind program. Um, so from a industry specific, I would say that's a big one. Um, I'm always just learning too. I, I try to create my, make my brain like a sponge, right? So I'm usually identifying maybe two hours a day where I'm just plugging away online, trying to find answers to the questions I have. And it can be super technical and it can be super broad. It can be super high level. So I think for me, I'm always, I consider myself, a, you know, a student of life, you know, through and through. So I, I, I couldn't even probably pinpoint right now one specific because it's happening all day, every day. But I would say from a industry specific, uh, if there's other agency owners listening to this, Jason Swank, I'll give him a plug, probably doesn't even know what's coming, but uh, <laughs> uh, big, big resource for me. Hey, those are those are the best when people talk about you and you don't even have to pay them or anything. <laughs> Isn't that great? A little, little self-plug. Yeah. yeah, right? And now a word about our sponsor, DoorDash. DoorDash is a great way to support local restaurants with safe, no contact delivery. I love DoorDash. I will order it for me or my friends, or if there's somebody that I want to give a gift to, DoorDash is a great way to say thank you, or I love you, or I'm sorry, or whatever it is that you want to say to somebody. But if you use my link at peppershock.com offers, you'll get $30 off your first order. So $10 off each of your first three orders when you sign up with our offer. So go to peppershock.com offers and get DoorDash. Send somebody a DoorDash. They will appreciate it and love you forever. <laughs> okay, so what are some marketing tactics that you take for your own agency? Yeah, you bet. So podcasts like this, Ray, like <laughs> I, I think are are great because it, it gets the conversation going, right? I mean, there's so many conversations to be had and, you know, podcasts are a great way to do that. So for yeah. my own personal brand, I love to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, I treat them as, as truly that I, not self-promotional more so just to have an open dialogue. And I think it's, it's helpful for, for listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I do my own advertising as well, right? I mean, we, we want to push the brand to, to a higher level. Um, and we do that through our own advertising efforts. So, you know, whether that's through Facebook ads, TikTok ads, Instagram, mm-hmm. Um, we have a blog that we're always, you know, posting pretty much daily at this point, if not daily, every other day. Nice. Um, and that's primarily to, you know, talk about insights that are happening that we just kind of want to share with the, you know, with the public, right? Whether it's just small little hacks that they can do to, to improve their reach, or if it's something that's, you know, something more broad of like what's happening in terms of trends in a specific industry, we really try to keep our finger on the pulse of what's going on. And so that's a big, big part of it. Awesome. What are your goals for the next, let's say two to five years for your company? They're always changing. I will say that it's so funny. I'm sure you can relate Ray, but you have like a goal for yourself and then you hit that and then you're kind of sitting there going, Oh my God, I can do better than that. Boom. And whether it's a revenue goal or whether it's how many businesses you want to help or how many customers you want to support. um, I have so many goals, but I will tell you, we look at the next, you know, five or so years, 
we really want to be the social media agency that that brands can turn to as a very reliable resource. And so, you know, I always say that I have a very simple mission in life as a as an entrepreneur in the marketing space. I want to create more marketing and creative jobs, and I want to help more businesses grow. And it sounds so simple, but those are kind of two key pillars for me that the, the more that I can grow each of those pillars, I think, you know, the better we are as a company. Um, so and I think that's, you know, attributed again to our growth from the human capital side, as well as what we've done with, you know, helping more and more businesses and, you know, being a part of, you know, bigger social media conversations. Well, how many people are on your team? So we have a little over 50 full-time employees, and then we have another 30 that are contractors that work with us um, kind of more on a per-project basis. So you've got content writers and you have video producers too, and just like- We do. Yeah. Yeah. We have a, I think I was telling you this before we jumped on and went live, but we have a creative studio actually in Portland and looking to expand that out into other cities as well. Um, We use it for our own clients, which is great. I mean, we've uh, my wife actually helped with this. She's a kind of an interior designer without that being her title. She just loves it. It's a hobby of hers. And so she helped really build it all out. So we have about six different backdrops, one that looks like it could be in a living room while the other one is a, you know, kind of a standard white backdrop with, you know, different, uh, you know, just different props that you can use. And so what we've found is, you know, the creative, especially with social is so important. And a lot of our clients look to us to create that on an ongoing basis. So um, yeah, so with the studio aspect has been a really fun one that we've actually launched just as of uh, this year. Excellent. How did the pandemic impact your business during the time that we were all, I like to call it, we were all adult grounded. We couldn't go out and play. We couldn't fly. We were grounded. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it, uh, that, was, that was our biggest growing year, which is crazy to say. Um, that was when the company, yeah, I mean, saw its biggest growth. And I think what we've attributed to that growth is primarily because we saw businesses in a tough situation where they wanted to keep their business going, but they knew that the traditional forms of media weren't working for them, right? So it was like, how do we maintain? Well, we have to shift. And so we saw a lot of our growth with new clients saying, help me with social. Is is this the way I've got to go? Do I have to bring all of my marketing to digital? So a lot of them were bigger conversations, more consultative uh, conversations with business owners on how to maintain during a very tough time. So we were really there as a resource first and foremost. I mean, I offered during that time, you know, free one hour consultations with our team where there was no strings attached. We allowed business owners to reach out to us and, and really just pick our brain. And some of them translated to clients. Many of them did not. And that was okay for us because really at that point, we wanted to be a resource as much as we could. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely doubling down, tripling down on digital, right? Just to be able to move people Absolutely. from brick and mortar to click and mortar, as I like to call it. It's, it definitely like was a <laughs> yeah, big transition to, to get people who were traditionally you know, selling from their storefront, but then needed to find new ways to be able to have their storefront move online. So that's that's okay. definitely lots of areas and still continuing to grow in that area because people are now used to it, you know, having groceries delivered and, you know, 
being able to order your shoes online and, you know, more and more, right? I mean, it was always there, but now people are doing that and people who never did it before until they had to, right? And so now we've got a whole new market. (laughs) You're exactly right. And I think Amazon, I mean, you bring that up, has been Mm -hmm. a big shift on how people has really kind of adjusted their consumer behavior, right? I mean, it's Mm -hmm. like, they're sitting at home. They know if they put in an order, they're getting it either same day or next day. So what that does, as I'm sure you know, businesses are a little like, how do we keep up with that? I mean, what what do we need to do to make sure that we can sustain at that level as well and not necessarily compete with Amazon, but try to make our you know, experience uh, from a consumer angle as optimal and efficient as possible. And so that was, again, a big conversation for us during the pandemic was, you know, how do we compete? How do we keep up with fulfillment? How do we, you know, and, you know, again, I think for some businesses, you know, the pandemic had a very similar effect to us where, you know, they, people were ordering online and they got more orders and they, they got more demand, but, um, but yeah, no, very interesting conversation for sure on that front. Well, and I, I shared with uh, some of our clients too about, you know, Amazon's going to kill our business. Well, then how about selling on Amazon, right? And trying to still buy local, but you can still, you know, determine where the, the product or service or anything is coming from. And I think that even though Amazon is kind of taking over the space, but local businesses can also sell on Amazon. And I think that people kind of forget that. <laughs> if you can't beat them, join them. Join them. Right? That's right. Like yeah, beat them, join them. You're right. And it's and it's like you just can't try to compete with them. You just really can't. You have to use that as you know at least one part of your revenue stream. It doesn't have to be all, but mm-hmm. you know at least if you're available on there. And and what we've even seen and Ray, you bring up a great point. Like somebody will see a Facebook ad or a TikTok ad or Instagram ad, and they may not, they may go to the website, you know, and, and look, and then they might go either price check or see if it's available on Amazon because that relationship with the consumer is already there. They already know what to expect. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm even guilty of this too. Sometimes I'll, I'll see a product on Instagram and instead of clicking that ad, I will go to Amazon. And so that's attributed as well. And, and I think, you know, this being in the advertising world, that that attribution says a lot, right? If somebody sees an ad, you know, being able to track that back to, to Amazon is kind of unique. And we've been able to do that in a, in a kind of a way where we can see, you know, and track kind of user behavior, which is also interesting to see. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so what are some of your favorite accomplishments without sounding too braggy, but I just want to hear like some of the things that you've been able to accomplish specifically that, uh, that you're proud of that you want people to know about. You know, for me, it's not, yeah, I I agree. I, first of all, don't, not a huge fan of talking about myself and and accomplishments. I, I honestly just love what I do. Um, and I think the biggest accomplishment for, for me has been to create the type of jobs that we've had in the type of environment that we have within the company. And, you know, I, I say that with, you know, really just the focus being on the people, right? We're in an industry where you're not selling a product. You're not selling a piece of tech necessarily. You're, you're, you're selling people's time. And so, you know, people are very important to me. And so I, I just, I think one of the biggest accomplishments that, you know, I've set out for my 
myself is just creating an environment where people truly love to come and work. You know, I've always said that we hire based off of people's superpowers. So, and just kind of get out of their way, right? So hire people based on what they're good at, what they love to do, and then just let them, let them be. And so that for me has been a big accomplishment to see that company grow in such a way, um, you know, where people are really genuinely loving their job day in, day out. And have you, are a lot of your people working remotely or do they come to your studio or how does, how is it hybrid or kind of share a little bit about how you've been able to keep people engaged and what your company culture yeah. is like? Yeah, we've been a remote company since we started in, in 2017, actually. So we were doing it prior to, you know, <laughs> before we had to, <laughs> before we had to. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so we now that things are kind of opening back up, we do create kind of a hybrid model where the studio is available to our Portland people to be able to come in whenever they want, right? So we don't actually have mandatory times to to come into the work environment, but they can if they want to, right? And so mm-hmm. what we've noticed is a lot of our staff at least once a week, twice a week, do want that outlet to be able to go and it, you know, interact with their, their colleagues. Cause I think the biggest thing is like, you see these people on zoom calls like this, you're talking with them in Slack every day and you feel like you truly, truly know them to the core. And there's kind of this, this yearning to just meet them face to face and go out and have a beer or whatever it is. So we really try to create, you know, a culture that even from a limited face to face time, we're able to still have a lot of camaraderie and a lot of collaboration. And so then you have uh, people outside of Portland then too, as well. We do. We have, we're in 10 states currently. So we're, um, and then we've got some contractors overseas, but, um, but yeah, we are, yeah, we're in 10 different states. And um, what's been really cool to see too, is we have multiple people in different, in the same cities. So they'll create co-working days where they'll go and and work at a coffee shop together and, and kind of just collaborate that way. And everybody will share kind of their time, their selfie or whatever, you know, through Slack. And so it's just cool to see, you know, again, I think there's now that things are opening back up, there's definitely this yearning for, you know, in-person collaboration again. And we're definitely seeing that. I love that co-work days. That's awesome. And then you're right. I think people do need that human interaction that, you know, the ability to shake somebody's hand or give a hug or have that engagement. I mean, because when you're on Zoom, you know, everyone's muted. And, you know, people won't crack at my jokes, or at least I don't know that they are because I can't hear them, right? (laughs) Absolutely. And doesn't everybody need a hug in the agency space, right? Right. I think we all need a hug every once in a while. Everyone needs a hug every once in a while. (laughs) Okay. Well, Alex, tell me, um, tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more, subscribe to your blog or whatever it is that you've, you've got going on that people can get from you. You bet. So go to rossmanmedia.com. We have our insights tab there where you can see all of our blog content. It's a great, just resourceful hub for anything related to digital marketing and social media. You can follow the company on Instagram where I think we're probably most active right now. And that's at Rossman Media. Um, And yeah, those two right there, I think you'll definitely get enough and you can certainly follow me and connect with me on LinkedIn. I love to share kind of insights and things that are going on uh, kind of in in the personal space as well. 
So. Excellent. Well, and for other agencies that are listening, I know I have quite a few agencies that listen to you. I think for us, uh, we like to collaborate with others that, you know, if they're really good, it's like you at TikTok, you know, and we haven't done a whole lot with it, then I like to know where my resources are. And it sounds like I have 10 different states to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> but, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we, uh, I'm, I love to be able to collaborate. It's more uh, co-opetition than it is competition. And in this day and age, I think that, you know, if you can call on experts that are really good at their specific areas, it's always helpful to do that. And then of course, if you ever need anybody in Idaho, we can, you know, collaborate and shoot video and do all the things and send it your way and vice versa. Absolutely. So. <laughs> no, we, I love that. What did you say? So it was cooperation or wait, co-opetition. Co-opetition. I like yeah, that. Yeah, competition, right? And cooperation and collaboration. So co-opetition. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, it's yeah. so true. And I, and I love that, that the way to look at it. Cause I think, you know, in this, in this industry, it's, it's not about that, right? The more you can support your clients through collaboration with other agencies mm -hmm. that are good at what they do, kind of going back to the superpower comment, you know, so definitely would love to, mm -hmm. you know, stay in touch with you and mm -hmm. any other agency owners that are listening to this, you know, by all means, feel free to contact me directly, alex at rossmanmedia.com. We're always looking for uh, mm -hmm. partners. So great point. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Alex, thank you so much for joining me today. You bet. Thank you. And of course, for those of you listening, the best thing that you could ever do is share this with somebody else that you think needs to hear what we had to say today. And then the second best thing to do is to give us a review. <laughs> That's always good. Uh, and until next time, everybody, enjoy your marketing journey. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Want to continue the journey? Don't miss out on new episodes. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.